There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com careers to learn more. Monday, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. Hi, Pete Wilson. Hi there. How are we doing? I'm well. How are you? Okay. We rolled around to Monday, didn't we? We got back to Monday, Pete. And of course, Pete is here, which means morning news update brought to you by Nia Henry, agent for Appalachia Realty. If you are looking to buy, sell, have any real estate questions or needs, you call... Nia, and you know why? Because she actually answers the phone, and she is your local hometown realtor that will meet with you and all of that fun stuff. And uh, give her a call, 418-4135. Exactly. Yep. All right. Pete, what's going on? Okay, well, we're coming off the weekend. We have some things to report from last week and look kind of looking ahead to what looks like it's going to be a busy news week. Okay. Uh, you know, we never know for sure how that's going to work because we're not fortune tellers, but we knows that some things are set up. We expect some things to happen, especially on the public affairs front that we'll be telling you about. But we're going to start off with a, a local boy makes good story. Does that Yay, sound good? We love that. That all, sounds amazing. All right. Well, we are referring to Ohio Deputy Attorney General Jonathan Blanton. Yes. Uh, folks who uh, know the family and have grown up here around Jackson, have been around for a while, they probably remember that Jonathan Blanton was our county prosecutor here he in was. Jackson County yes. for uh, two and a half terms, served uh, from 2001 into about 2010. In the middle of that third four-year term, uh, he left to take a position with the Ohio Attorney General's office mm -hmm. in Columbus, uh, working for then uh, and now Governor Mike DeWine. Mm -hmm. He was Attorney General then. Yeah. And since then, um, of course, uh, DeWine is the governor and the new Attorney General is Dave Yost. And that is where uh, Mr. Blanton is still working. And he has been doing some very, very good things. Yes. Uh, we featured this uh, on the, the top of the fold front page uh, in our Saturday paper. But the story was uh, Jonathan Blanton received a national award. <gasps> Yay! Uh, this, this happened very recently. He went to Washington, D.C. to get it. But he received the Senior Staff of the Year Award. And this is a national award from the National Association of Attorney Generals. So wow. we're talking about all 50 states. We're talking about one attorney general or one deputy attorney general, some staffer that receives this award. And it happened to be Jonathan Blanton. And it was for a very good reason. Jonathan Blanton was a major player uh, in, uh, I'm sure people have heard references to it, maybe they don't know a lot of details, but the opioid settlement that came uh, out of uh, Columbus, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, he would work behind the scenes mainly. Uh, you know, people who were involved pretty much knew what his major role was, but he worked behind the scenes uh, to uh, to get an 88 uh, an 8. Let me get my figure right here. An $808 million agreement, a settlement agreement uh, between the state of Ohio and three major pharmaceutical companies that uh, were being held responsible, liable for uh, all the opioid problems that, you know, that we've had in Ohio and uh, incidentally across the country. Through all Correct. That. Blanton has also worked with um, with the. Uh, officials, lawyers, and, and attorney general staffs in other states as well uh, from on, on the federal level. But uh, Attorney General Yost uh, put out this comment, and this was, uh, this was uh, in a statewide news release. We pursued this story, and what happened was um, the attorney general wanted to write it himself, and okay. so he put out a story, and we kind of localized it a little bit. But uh, this award uh, was uh, presented in December. Uh, the settlement goes back to last September, but this is what uh, Dave Yo said. This is pretty high praise, so I'm going to read it. Quote, there is no one more deserving of this national recognition than Jonathan Blanton, who he calls JB. I remember a lot of folks call him Jed. Around Jed, here. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Right. 
and I'm thrilled that the National Association of Attorney Generals recognized as much. JB's passion for holding the drug manufacturers and distributors responsible for the devastation they wreaked and his commitment to ensuring that hard-hit areas of Ohio would not be forgotten in any approved settlement was nothing short of amazing. So that's a pretty nice comment. And of course, you know, the, the opioid scourge was everywhere. You know, we still have problems with it. But as you know, it seemed like the poorer counties, including our own Jackson County and Benton counties, Correct. were harder hit proportionally yep. with the opioid, uh, the opioid um, uh, problems. Well, I problems. would call it a, you know, epidemic. Uh, really? Um, that, I mean, I think that's the right word to use. Uh, and, and this is where... This is uh, to make it simple. This is uh, this is the um, abuse of pills, and then the opioid correct the, the opioid the, uh, drugs uh, like uh, heroin uh, that have been abused. Mm -hmm. And uh, this settlement, uh, you know, made the pharmaceutical companies responsible. That money will be coming back to a lot of entities over over Ohio, including local governmental entities in uh, in Ohio. The uh, Jackson County commissioners are going to receive a very large figure, but they are receiving it over a multi-year period. So each year it won't seem like that much, but it will add up. It will, it will, it will, it will uh, help the county budget. I think sure. the first installment is coming this year. Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to anyway. But uh, Jonathan uh, grew up here in Jackson County. He ended up uh, actually graduating from Zane Trace High School. His family moved over there to Ross County uh, for the last two years of his high school years. But then after college, Ohio University undergraduate, and then the University of Kentucky for law school, he came back here, got elected as a very young prosecutor very, yeah. in, in 2000, reelected in 2004 and 2008, and then took the advantage uh, to get a job at the state level. I know from uh, talking to his wife, Susanna, the mm -hmm. former Susanna Harley, uh, she uh, is just so proud of him, and she should be. We're all proud of him here uh, in Jackson County because, you know, what he did was a great benefit to not only, uh, you know, this area, but the entire state, and then even on a national level, the collaboration that he had with other attorneys for their settlements uh, across the nation because he had done a lot of homework on this. And it, I think it meant something to him because of the impact that the adverse impact that has happened in our area mm -hmm. with the opioid uh, epidemic. Yeah, and that's that's no lie. I mean, it's a big deal. Right. And so uh, the Blantons now live in Worthington, him and Susanna. Uh, they have two teenage mm -hmm. children, uh, Nina and uh, Vincent. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, Susanna messaged me yesterday, you know, after the story came out and said their heart is still very much in Jackson County. It's just that that's where sure. his job is now. Yeah. I think they do enjoy themselves in Worthington too. And of course he's doing a great job with the attorney general's office. So uh, that is our local boy makes good story for the day. Yay. How about that? Round of applause. And, and that story, of course, uh, in the print edition of the telegram uh, on <laughs> our website, uh, which you can see. And then of course we've uh, shared that to Facebook. You need to be a subscriber to see that story and it's worth, that dollar if you want to put it down to get it that's or right. get your online subscription for uh, about 4.95 a month yeah not right. too, not too much no it's not too much at all all right well it was a big weekend or a big saturday night in Vinton county at Vinton county high school because they had the Vinton county high school athletic hall of fame induction and uh, they treat this as a very important event because you know it relives some of the glory uh, teams and individuals who have, you know, made Benton County proud over the years. And, you know, if you're watching on Facebook now on the monitor, that are those are the three ladies who were enshrined into the Hall of Fame uh, this past Saturday night. And they're being interviewed by our own Bob Grillo, Yay. the voice of the Vikings. That's right. Uh, he interviewed them uh, either at halftime or before the game. You know, I think he got all the interviews in. But from left to right there are uh, Michael Puckett. Uh, she was a great basketball player at Vinton County not too long ago. She's now an assistant coach to the Vikings. Mm -hmm. In the middle is Maya Ferris, who was a great track and cross-country star at Vinton County, uh, especially good in the 800-meter uh, run. And then you have Christian Collins Emmert, who graduated <laughs> in 2006. She was good at about everything, 13 varsity letters. <laughs> wow. uh, soft, softball might have been her great sport. She never had her tennis shoes off, I'm guessing. But uh, those three were back, you know, great applause to them. 
Uh, Tim Oosley was the young man who was inducted, a great football player at Vinton County, went on to play at Musk Kingdom College. He is now an assistant coach for the Vikings. He went back home to Vinton County. Not sure whether he teaches or not, but I know he is an assistant coach for the football team. The other inductee, it was a group. It was the 2007-2008 Vinton County boys basketball team. Mm -hmm. That was one of the better basketball teams that Matt Combs has said. And when you say that, you're saying a lot because his team's always seem to have winning records and win championships and go far in the tournament. But this team went all the way to the district championship. I think they got beat by a very good Greenfield team that went on into the regionals that year. And uh, uh, Bob Grillo's own son, Andy Grillo, was uh, a point guard on that team. Oh. So he got to interview his own son there as, as uh, part of the coverage of that <laughs> induction ceremony. Speaking of coverage... Uh, we will have it uh, in this week's paper, The Telegram, the intrepid Red Thompson working on this, photos, <laughs> coverage on, uh, you know, what those athletes and teams did to earn uh, their induction into the Hall of Fame. And so uh, be looking for that this week in uh, The Telegram, uh, both uh, in print and electronically as well. That's exciting. Uh, there's another story coming out of that night in Benton County, but we'll get to that when we get to the sports. Uh, James just showed me. Oh, he did. The yeah. Okay. Well, like the the game itself. Right. Well, the game itself. Holy was moly! It was okay. It, 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 it was something. We, <laughs> we, we we will get around to that. We will get around to that. But now we're going to go since uh, you know we're globe trotting news department. We're going to go down to Atlanta, Georgia, because this wow. is this is where well not figuratively speaking, <laughs> this is where the Jackson Benton Farm Bureau folks were this past weekend. That's and right. Uh, if you were going to get a national award, have national claim, be held up as an example to the rest of the nation, uh, uh, other people who run farm bureaus all across the country, you'd probably be excited and you'd go too. Well, yep. these are the representatives from the Jackson Benton Farm Bureau that you can see there. And this is them accepting their award. Uh, the local farm bureau, and that does cover both Jackson and Benton counties, won what is called a National County Activities of Excellence Award. And this was an award for their drive-through Breakfast with Santa yep. project. It's been going on four years now. They have it at the fairgrounds. Uh, they get a great turnout. And the best thing about it is the two guests, the, the two great things about it, it's free. So anybody can go. They can get fed. They can see Santa Claus, the Grinch, the elves. They can see live animals. They can see all those things. Uh, but the other best thing about it is the Farm Bureau not only does this, but they get they get partners in the community to help them pull it off because it's such a big thing. It is a you huge know, they get, deal. Yeah, they get business support. Uh, they get uh, people you know giving their time. Uh, but it's a great event out there at the fairgrounds. But anyway, the folks you see there in the picture, you know, if you if you see the picture on your monitor, uh, from left to right, that's Farm Bureau President Mick Scott, uh, Board Member Jessica Taylor. Then the man in the middle is the American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval. And Zippy came by personally. Stop Zippy. It, James. Zippy Duval. <laughs> right. Well, he was there to personally present the certificate. I was going to handle that perfectly fine until James cracks up. Okay. 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 Zippy Duval. That's the name of the game. Cool. Well, anyway, he's there in the middle. He gave them their certificate. And uh, then you have, no, board, that's you have board member Pam Updike. And then, of course, uh, the lady yes. who makes it all work. Our good uh, buddy. The senior organization director of the Jackson Vinton Farm Bureau. And, of course, she works with the farm bureaus in the entire area. That is Kim Harless. And, <laughs> Never uh, know what hat she's going to have on, on, depending on what day it is, no, right? That, that's right. School board, <laughs> fair, uh, school board, fair, 4-H, farm yep, bureau. All of the You know, all, all those above. things. And grandma now, too. Yes, I mean, that's she, no, right. She, I know she's proud of that. All right. So I had a note. Uh, Zippy Duval's real name is Vincent Merrill Duval Sr. I think I'll go with Zippy. <laughs> I like Zippity Doodah Duval. <laughs> We're going with that, Pete. All Change right. your news story. But anyway, okay. But anyway, congratulations to the Farm Bureau. Of course, you know, we'll be covering that in our next edition of the Telegram as well. I've uh, got some additional information and photos from uh, Kim Harless that yeah. she sent no, me because she's in Georgia really now. That is really cool stuff. Right. Not sure when they're going to come back. The convention actually goes through Tuesday. I don't know whether they're staying down there the whole time. I'm thinking Kim may not because she's got a school board meeting that's going to be very sure. important on uh, Tuesday evening. But anyway, um, we want to also pass along the latest stats that were released by Jackson Superintendent of Schools, Phil Howard, regarding uh, COVID-19. 
And of course, you know, all the schools are watching their attendance figures very carefully because of the uptick in the COVID-19 numbers. And you know, when you have all those people together, even if you're wearing masks, even if you're being careful, even if you have, uh, you know, all the provisions that the schools have set up to try to keep people as safe as possible, you know, you, in the large group settings, you know, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're more at risk for potential spread. But uh, Phil Howard, and I, uh, before I give you the numbers, I'm going to give him credit. He, uh, he gives out these figures on his own. Uh, we don't have to go to a website. We don't have to ask a question. Yeah, no. And I'm not judging anybody else. I'm just saying he feels that he should share these yeah, numbers. absolutely. And he goes one step further than just compiling them and giving them out if he has to or posting them. He actually sends the information to us and asks us to put mm-hmm. the word out because he wants people to know where, where we stand. And where we stand is this. There were the number of cases went up during the week mm-hmm. of January, starting January 3rd and ending on January the 7th. Uh, on January 3rd, there were 87 student absences at Jackson High School, 70 at Jackson Middle School, 46 at Northview Elementary, 46 at Southview, and 50 at Westview Elementary. Okay, now we're going to do the comparison. Those numbers, de- those numbers increased overall uh, as the week went on, and the updated numbers were um, 83, no, 111 at Jackson High School, and that compares to 70 at the beginning of the week. Whoa. 83 at Jackson Middle School compared to 70 at the beginning of the week. Then uh, 68 at Northview as compared to 46 earlier in the week and so on. So, you know, you're looking about maybe a 30% mm-hmm. increase or more. And, yeah. some, you know, it can vary with the schools, in obviously. In a few days. And um, also, um, the I guess the silver lining is that the numbers improved very slightly the last day. At, at, in the Jackson City Schools. So we hope that that's a sign that maybe it, we've hit the roof on that mm-hmm. and it's going the other way. And he was hopeful that the uh, that the uh, three-day weekend that is going to come up uh, you know, later this month for Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Day might be a good thing yeah. to, to throw an, an extra day of separation there. All right, uh, we're now going to talk about an issue that the Vinton County Commissioners are having to face, as well as the Vinton County Pilots and Boosters Association. That is the booster group that takes care of the airport. They do a lot of work there. They yeah. put on the air show every year. There's serious problems. Barbecue chicken. Structurally, yes, they have that. Mm-hmm. There's serious structural problems with the airport terminal building. Oh, no. There is a overview of the airport terminal building there uh, north of MacArthur. Uh, about six miles, but there is a closer look at the oh, crack in the bricks there. Yeah. Now that does not look good. Uh, we're not engineers and we're not architects, but that obviously is not good. They have hired a firm to make an assessment on what they should do or the extent of the damage at least, and then they'll decide what they do. But they feel there's probably going to be two options, put money into the building to repair it, or if it's going to be that expensive, consider a new terminal building. Of course, they would have okay. to get the money for that. Sure. Now, we do know that the federal government has uh, allocated uh, even large and small airports some money lately. I think Vinton County recently received $110,000. we will talk about that on the news a little later on. But perhaps this money, you know, could be used to help with that project, you know, at least help with that project. But we will see what happens there. That is an issue, once again, uh, for the Vinton County Commissioners, the airport terminal. All right, speaking of Vinton County, um, interesting situation in the village of Hamden. Of course, you know, the year uh, following an election, you know, brings some new faces. Well, in the general election, Terry Wiseman was re-elected as the mayor. Okay. That is Terry right there. All right, on December the 31st, in the evening, Terry Wiseman resigned before his second term was to begin. Oh, okay. And uh, by law... From what we understand, when the mayor resigns, the council president gets put in as the new mayor oh, for the remainder okay. of the term. And that man is Chuck Boyer. There is his picture. Chuck is well known in Vinton County in addition to being a current councilman, and he had been the council president heading into the end of the mm-hmm. calendar year. He also has been uh, a deputy sheriff. He's been the chief deputy. Uh, he ran for sheriff one time, did not get elected but very well known in Denton County and especially in Hamden. An interesting angle of this story is that if you remember the lessons that we've given you here on TV, 
Chuck Boyer was defeated in the last election. Remember, he was the one who got beat by one vote. Oh, they by had Dale the, McManus. Yeah. Got correct. I remember so that. So if Terry Wiseman would not have resigned until after the first of the year, Chuck Boyer couldn't have become the mayor because he would have no longer been on council. Sure. It would have been the new council president who was appointed very recently. His name is Mike Clare. He was elected in the last election. Wow. We've had some crazy election stuff lately here in the area. So Chuck Boyer is the new acting mayor. Okay. I probably shouldn't say acting mayor. He is the uh, mayor uh, by state law, mm -hmm. and he will reserve, I understand, the remainder of the term. Uh, or at least until the next election, I may have to. We may have to get with the board of elections and the secretary of state on that. Okay. But he will serve at least until the next time that there could be an election on the village level, and that would be in 2023, 2022, an even numbered year. They don't have elections at the municipal level. So uh, for the time being, Chuck Boyer is the mayor of Oak Hill, mm -hmm. um, and he replaces. Uh, Terry Wiseman. And Terry Wiseman, we did talk with Terry Wiseman. Red Thompson had him on the phone talking to him. Uh, Terry resigned due to medical advice of his doctor. Gotcha. Uh, Hamden isn't, uh, you know, it's stressful uh, being the local mayor. You've got a lot on your shoulders. There's a lot going on in Hamden right now. Not necessarily bad, but they've got a big sewer line replacement project. They're starting a very active situation uh, for the mayor and the doctor, according to Terry Wiseman, his doctor, personal doctor, said, you know, you don't need this kind of stress right now in your life. And so he resigned and he felt that Chuck Boyer would be an excellent acting mayor or temporary mayor, at least. And so that explains the timing of the resignation. Totally makes sense. Need to take care of yourself first. Right. And we do also want to report this just came out this morning uh, from the city of Wellston uh, due to staffing software and uh, bill provider issues. The city of Wellston is extending the time for, uh, for paying late water fees, late water bill fees. I'm guessing that the deadline must have been today or is imminent. Okay. They didn't say when that was, but they have extended it now to 4.30 p.m. on January the 15th. Okay. So, you know, if you had that late water bill and you thought, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen to me? I can't get in there. I can't make the payment or whatever. Um, you have now until 4.30 p.m. on January the 15th. That word just put out this morning. All right. Uh, uh, we do want to report uh, that at the next Jackson City Board of Education meeting, this will be their regular meeting. They've already had an organizational meeting. Um, indications are that a treasure, a new school treasurer will be hired. Uh, we reported last week, we reported in the uh, telegram over the, over the weekend. Not sure I said it when we were talking on the talking TV news last Thursday, but they had, they had got it down to two candidates and they had interviewed them again at the organizational meeting or after the organizational meeting on the third. Uh, indications are now that the board has settled on their favorite candidate and that, okay. that person, we can't reveal the name because it hasn't happened yet. We expect that person to be hired at Tuesday's meeting. So stay tuned on that. Of course, January, big transition time for, uh, for our local, uh, for our local uh, governments, whether mm -hmm. they be uh, city, village, school board, township, a lot of first meetings of the year, a lot of transition, new people going into office, all like that. And we want to run down a little bit of that for you tonight. The Wellston City Board of Education will be meeting uh, at seven o'clock at the administration office. This will be for their organizational meeting, as well as the first regular monthly meeting of the year, Jennifer. Um, two new board members are going to go um, into office. They'll be sworn in tonight, I presume. That would be Roger Rader, who has served in the past, and now he has been elected again, mm -hmm. and John Jackson. And, and John Jackson, you got to love John Jackson. He got elected as a write-in candidate. He did. <laughs> that is a great testament to his standing and his popularity that yeah. he was able to do that, not having the advantage <laughs> of having your name on the ballot. This will also be the first meeting of the year tonight for Jackson City Council. They will meet 7 p.m. tonight in the City Council Chambers. That is in the building where the police department is, right next to the police department. As a matter of fact, we have one new councilman uh, taking office, and that is John Ondera. That's and John right. is not exactly a new face. He's he is, a new old councilman. He is, he, 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 he is <laughs> the window replacement man in town. He has yes. his own business. He was councilman uh, before. He did not run in 2019. 
but uh, he's back in 2021. And mm-hmm. uh, once again, we speak about respect. He led the ticket as uh, in, in a in a seven candidate field for three positions. He led the field and he will be coming back on. There will be an empty seat at the table tonight. A third ward councilwoman, Debbie Biggs, mm-hmm. we recall, resigned because she has moved from the city. Mm-hmm. They have not uh, been able to have the meeting yet to name her replacement. That would be the Republican Party that is doing That's that. That's right. It was scheduled and then had to postpone it due to, well, well they think, the Rona uh, and all the other right. madness it, It's going only a on. very small group that makes those choices. Sure. And because of the of the coronavirus or uh, exposure issues or whatever. Want to anyway, make sure that, that, everybody can get there right, and, and right. participate. You can't afford not to have one or Correct. even two persons not be able to attend. And so um, that meeting now is going to be on Thursday. I was going to say, has it been officially rescheduled? It has been. Okay. They're going to do it at the that. Jackson Memorial Building on Thursday evening. And they're going to do not only uh, the appointment for third ward council in Jackson, mm-hmm. that's a Republican position, but they're also going to do it, <coughs> excuse me, for the two council positions in Wellston. That meeting was also canceled. That was supposed to have been last week. They announced that both of them would be postponed at the same time. Okay. But the Wellston meeting is going to be in Jackson at the same time because okay. it's some of the same people involved gotcha. on the party side. Okay. But in Wellston, uh, Madison Vance is currently the second ward councilman, but she was appointed too late for her name to be on the ballot. So technically, there is no second ward councilman right now because her term ran out at the end of the year. Same deal for Lindley Carey, who is the fourth ward councilwoman. She was appointed to fill a vacancy last year as well, but her name was not on the ballot. Not I even see. as a okay. write-in. It was too late. It was too late okay. time-wise. So, so no one was able to get voted on right, for. Right. So that makes we sense. have heard that both of those women are interested in a reappointment. But okay. that doesn't mean that anyone else can't stand up and say, hey, I'd like to be the council person for the second ward or the fourth ward in Wellston. And so... Uh, and the same thing in Jackson, of course, that's an open position because uh, Mrs. Biggs is not, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it has resigned and is not seeking the position again. So we know that Madison Vance and Lindley Carey, second ward and fourth ward, respectively, in Wellston, are going to seek reappointment, but there could be other folks as well. Remember, they're ward positions. It's a certain geographic section of the city involved there. That's right. And uh, uh, the third ward, I guess, uh, what do you do? Do you just show up? Do you need to, if you're interested in that position? You can just show up. You can also send in information ahead of time that the caucus, that's who uh, picks it. The caucus, the the individual caucuses of the Central Committee of the Republican Party makes the choice. In other words, it's the people who are on the Central Committee who live in Jackson or who live in Wellston only. Gotcha. It's, you know, four or five people that get to make this choice. And so, you know, that will be this Thursday at the Memorial Building in Jackson that that will uh, take place. Uh, On Tuesday evening, it will also be the first meeting for Oak Hill Village Council. They meet at 6 p.m. there at the Imogene Brunton Davis Memorial Building on Front Street. Uh, New councilman going in there, his name is Brian Trotter. He was elected in the recent general election. First meeting tomorrow morning for the Jackson County Commissioners. It was not an election year for them, so it's the same three. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Howler, John Hensler, and Donnie Willis. But it will be their first meeting of the year uh, to do reorganizational business. The Benton County Commissioners already met last week, but they will be meeting again. Their meeting date is on Tuesday as well. Uh, tomorrow night, Jennifer, the Vinton County Local Board of Education will have its first meeting of the year. Two new folks going on. Uh, they are uh, Scarlett Newton and Laura Martin. Cindy Strasball was also elected, but she currently, she already was on the board. Okay. So those three were elected. Uh, it will be kind of strange at the Vinton County Local School Board of Education meeting because two longtime members were making a new president and officers and doing the reorganizational business, and then they'll have their regular monthly meeting as well. They meet at the uh, at the county office, the county school office, which is uh, on High Street in MacArthur. I believe that meeting is set for uh, 6.30, and I believe they might have a preliminary meeting at 6.15, records commission or something like that. It's pretty okay. routine stuff, but the meeting itself will start at 6.30, organizational, followed by the regular monthly meeting. All these first-of-the-year meetings are just... It's just a lot because they're all starting new and getting kicked off for the season. So right. for it, the it, year. It, it is. And I mean, it's notable who's going on and who's not on there anymore. And, you know, you might have some shifts in direction. 
because yeah. of different folks that are that are in there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so you know, we'll look to see what the initiatives are and what the direction are for all these public affairs. And I want you to know that at the Telegram Total Media, we go to these meetings. We go to all of them. Mm-hmm. We see firsthand what goes on, and we try to report on it. That's you know one of our roles in the community and very serious about that, uh, trying to hit all the meetings. Uh, the Oak Hill School Board will have its first meeting on Wednesday at 5.30. That will be in the high school, middle school library. And uh, uh, three folks were elected in the last election, but they are all very, very familiar faces. Joe Elsess, uh, Mike French, and uh, Paula Stewart. Yep. Uh, it seems like that Elsess and French particularly have lifetime appointments. They have been on there for over 20 years. <laughs> They've been that, there a little while. That, of course, is a testament to their sure. standing in the community. People don't even bother running against them. Yep. Paula Stewart has been on for, uh, I think this might be her third Several term. Several terms, yeah. I right. Say. So she's been on there while representing Bloomfield Township and the ladies. So uh, she will be on there. And that will be their first meeting of the year also at 5.30. The Wellston City Council was supposed to meet last Thursday, but they didn't because of COVID. The Rona. Right. And that was, I think, more of a safeguard than a problem as yeah. far as people not being able to attend. But I don't know that for sure. But they you know, were trying to be careful on that. There will be two new members, uh, one new member going on there, Teresa Pond-Lamaster, who got elected as an at-large councilwoman. And Angela Spangler, who got elected to First Ward Councilwoman, taking the seat that Keith Willem held for many years yeah. on the First Ward. So two new women going on. And remember... Very interesting, all ve- the women there in It's Wellston. very likely that Madison Vance and Lindley Carey will maybe get reappointed, <laughs> depending on if there's other folks that, that want the... That it's the ladies' show up there. Love it. It, it is. Charlie, so good. Charlie Hudson told me that uh, for the first time in history... Uh, this that he knows of, this would be Wellston City Council with a majority of women on there. And they all have college degrees. And I think several of them have master's degrees. Yeah. So very qualified. These ladies are going to show the show uh, Mr. Hudson, who's boss, aren't they? Yeah, I, you know, we'll see how keep, that works keep out. Keep Charlie in I, line put, up put, there. Put this way. I think he re, I think he respects <laughs> I think he, he respects their experience and their education. Yes. All right. We'll say that. All right, uh, so that's all the meetings that are going on this week. Hey, one other thing we want to say. Just a few. Right. We, <laughs> we, would want, we would be remiss if we didn't say this. And this was actually yesterday, but we want to acknowledge it. Yesterday was Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Yes. And, you know, after, you know, the national climate and, and you know, on the local level, all that they have to do. And we know firsthand because, you know, we keep up with the, with the reports and all. And that's just scratching the surface oh, of man. some of the criminal activity that takes place, you know, here in Jackson County. Uh, you got to tip your hat to those guys. Uh, you know, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but it is true. They go to work every day and they never know the dangers that they might face. 100%. You know, I mean, you know, you know we, work, we all work hard. But we don't have to worry about maybe somebody threatening us, right, or getting pulling shot a, at, pulling or, a gun on yeah, us. Yeah, for sure. You know, th- those those men and women, it's not unusual for them to be threatened. And you oh. know, when somebody says that they're going to do something, how do you know that they won't? You don't. You live. You live with that. Their families live with that. One hundred percent. When they walk out the door every day, you never know. Right. So you know, our hat goes off to uh, you know our sheriff's office and our police departments. Yeah. Uh, highway Patrol, Highway Patrol, all, all Municipal Court, folks. Probation folks, yep. all those folks who could be called law enforcement. Yep. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, that meeting, by the way, that we referred to, Jennifer, uh, is going to be at 7 p.m. at the Memorial Building. That's to uh, appoint the third ward uh, council position in the city of Jackson yep. and the second and fourth ward council positions in Wellson. Remember, these have to be Republican positions because... Yes. The seats were vacated by Republican mm-hmm. office holders. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Uh, we have a traffic change in the city of Jackson. You drive through Jackson, you'll want to be aware of this. It's at the intersection of Bridge, State, and Walnut Street. Okay. Think where the old service the station be that they, that they, tore, that that they, they just tore, tore up, but now it's grass. It's kind of like a. A Y intersection, right? And and the, something the, the mall, the, very near the mall where Giovanni's Pizza is. Okay, you yeah. remember? You remember? And here are two illustrations. This is the intersection as you're on Bridge Street, looking towards State Street. If you're looking straight, that's Bridge Street, the small part of Bridge Street before it ends, runs into West. 
if you go to the right, that's State Street. Yeah, and if you think about it, that gas station was sitting right in front of you. Exactly. Before it got torn down, right. if and that helps you. And Giovanni's is on your left side. Right, yeah, side. you don't see that. And just to the left there, you don't see the Wal Walnut Street intersection. Correct. That's a little stub that comes right into Bridge Street. That's not that much of a concern on this traffic pattern because it's one way, and you cannot turn from Walnut onto Bridge. You can turn from Bridge or State onto Walnut Correct. and go that direction, but you cannot turn... The Walnut Street traffic is cannot turn on to either state or bridge, so that's not a concern in how this traffic works. But this is important, okay? Because if, if you know, because this has been this way if for you've been here for a long years. time, it, it makes a difference. No traffic lights are at that intersection now. What you, you see, you see the one traffic light that's bagged there. Yeah. Uh, okay. All three of the that one traffic light apparently got knocked down in an accident. Now the other two are back. They were all wired together. You know, they worked in concert. So temporarily they were out of action anyway. So they had to come up with something. Okay. But Jackson Mayor Randy Evans says this may be do this may be the new permanent traffic pattern. They're announcing it as a change. But uh, this is the graphic. The stop sign is there on Bridge Street on the other side of where the, the gas station was. Okay. That's coming from West Street. That's the only traffic control right now at that intersection, a stop sign. That traffic on bridge heading, heading you know, past uh, the mall, Giovanni's, and towards Pearl Street, you've got a stop street there. If you're on bridge, you no longer have to stop at a traffic signal. I see. Okay. And if you're on state coming onto bridge, you no longer have to stop. You can't turn. Um, you can also turn uh, right on the bridge, but that's, you know, a right-hand turn. That should be no problem. Um, okay, the, so I see what, what yeah, they're the, doing. Oh, there's, uh, there also was a traffic light. There was a traffic light where that stop sign was on bridge on the other side of the intersection. That's gone too, all right, or it's bagged. But there's a stop sign there. There's a stop sign instead of a traffic light. Okay. But then on State Street, you remember, there was a traffic light there yes. right before you got to where the station lot is, actually. Yes. That's the one that I think got knocked down. I didn't see it when I drove through there the other day. Okay. And that has caused all this uh, impromptu traffic change that they had They had to do something temporarily. I mean, it makes sense because... Yes, yeah, so you, you can see the traffic, the traffic light... The vertical traffic sign is not an overhead uh, traffic signal. So in that picture, if you see the the White House kind of over to the left, that would be where the stop sign that is. is. What, exactly. That is where and the stop gonna sign is. And that's going to be the only to, thing there. Right. Now, okay. th this isn't a final, final thing. Uh, they may put a, they may, uh, other things that are being considered, and now this is not anything they've done, but, you know, they're trying to muse over the best thing to do. They may have to put a yield sign there on that Bridge Street traffic approaching the intersection mm -hmm. because what if you want to go straight through on Bridge Street and somebody is coming yeah. off State Street? Right. They don't want to put a stop sign there because I think most of the traffic is coming that direction. So they may go with a yield sign. You know, that's a possibility. Okay. Or they may have to put up a stop sign or maybe they'll put a traffic signal back up. Okay. That's not their, uh, that's not their leanings right now. Also... If you look at the other part of Bridge Street on the other side of the intersection, away from Giovanni's on the other side of State Street, they are thinking about making that one way. So uh, you know you can you, so the traffic cannot uh, the traffic would be one way there. I'm not sure which way they're talking about. That's such a bizarre. But that I mean, would cut down the traffic too. I grew up right there, so I understand what a. I mean, I grew up there, so it makes sense to me. But that is such an odd. So if you're looking at that picture again, but like behind where the gas station was, if you if you look see where the white line is, if you would drive straight through, there was the gas station. But that's like just a a triangle piece of grass that has some <laughs> a couple of houses on it, and then there's streets all around it. So it really is an odd um set up as far as the streets go anyway right you know and you've got walnut street there too and then it's you've got people really coming in weird. and out of where giovanni's pizza is there's you know there's a whole uh, there's more than giovanni's pizza but that's the only active business there i think right now but like walnut you have to turn on to walnut to get to the drive-through at giovanni's so that's used quite a bit mm -hmm. um so yeah that's a just, it's just a really when you're going there just pay attention Be because careful. it's different it's, yes it's different all right, and if you spend a lifetime driving through there, you know sometimes yeah. 
sometimes you don't think about. Well, it. and that's the problem too. Um, you know, you think about down by um, like Hubbard's office now, mm -hmm. the old Milton Bank, when mm -hmm. they put that turn lane in there, and it confused everybody for for years because it hadn't been that way forever. So just pay attention when you're driving. Okay. All right. We've got <laughs> okay. And we'll have that graphic and that picture in the paper okay. and online as well, too. And you can study it and then maybe drive through, take a little test drive through there. Yeah. Because you it's kind of like when you hit the roundabout for the first time and you're like, I have no idea what to do. I, here. Can, I can handle the roundabout in Jackson. Some of the others, uh, it, they get a little hairy. Right. Sometimes. Well, all it takes is for somebody else not to pay attention to the roundabout. That's or else the it's problem just not you. with the roundabout. It's just yeah. not you. And the thing on the roundabouts, it's funny because if you're too cautious and you're going too slow, or you're stopping to make sure the one, the car behind you doesn't appreciate that because they think that you should still be moving. Correct. So like you dumb, dumb, you should know you want to talk about freaky, get on a roundabout in a country where they drive on the left side of the road. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Been there, done that. That's super confusing. Okay. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> let's let somebody else do the driving in the yeah, foreign country. Like we're going the wrong way. All right. Well, A, we have some uh, softer stuff to report to you that is noteworthy. Uh, the Benton County Wild Turkey Festival, they didn't even know they were going to have one last year. Remember, Correct. it's on the front end of they're coming off first. where everything was shut down. Yeah, they didn't the know whether ones. they were going to be allowed to do it or how they were going to be able to do it, and they got one off. Well, this year, they're way ahead on planning compared to last year, which you would expect. But they've already announced one of their main entertainers, and we know her. Jess K. Adams, Yay, who, who we've, we've had on TV, and now, uh, and she was at the county fair last year. Yes, uh, just love a, her. Uh, just a great personality, and of course, a talented singer as well. She is going to perform the uh, Friday night at the Benton County Wild Turkey Festival. That, of course, is the first week in May. Uh, her date is on Friday, May the 6th. Not sure what time, but it will be in the evening. And she That's will be awesome. one of the main performers at the Turkey Festival. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to maybe get her in here on the air and Would love talk that. to her. We really enjoyed having her both on the radio and the TV. And fancy, um, too. Last year. And the Wild Turkey Festival has already announced a tentative schedule that we're going to be sharing with you. Oh, good. But once again, that is uh, the first full weekend in Listen, May. it'll be right around the corner. It's always It always creeps up really quickly. Right. And so it's it's going to be like May 5th through the 8th. Uh, sure. if, if there is any, like for instance, if uh, April falls on that Thursday, it will never be that weekend. It's always the mm -hmm. full First full weekend in May. All right. Well, I want to tell you something that I really appreciate. Uh, I appreciate going to the Marquet exhibits when they have a, a, a rotating exhibit. And they yes. started a new one last Saturday or last Thursday evening. Yes. And, of course, it was Dennis Reinhardt's Hidden Southeastern Ohio. And I know you talked with him for we uh, last week and you learned a whole lot about it. Well, you need Absolutely. to go in person and see his great photographs. I went on Thursday evening. This is a picture of him. Uh, beside one of his photos from the Hocking Hills, that's one of his favorite areas. Yep. Not surprised about great picture opportunities there. Uh, but he also took pictures. He took pictures in four different area counties, a lot in our own Jackson County and Vinton County. One of the places he took was uh, Moonville, for instance. Uh huh. Uh, there is the famous uh, iconic tunnel there. A great photograph that he took. It looks like it was taken uh, in the fall, maybe late fall, yep. but a uh, beautiful picture. He has 40 photographs there, Jennifer. Love it. And this was one of my favorite visits to an exhibit because uh, I like photographs. I like nature. I like the outdoors and I've never seen some of these places and a couple of them I've never even heard of. I know. Right. Well, he was talking about some places when he was here. I was like, I, how do you find these places? Well, De Dennis found them. He's already an outdoors lover, nature lover. He is. Uh, used to hunt. I think now he fishes a lot more than he hunts. But uh, since he retired uh, from teaching about 10 years ago, he's had more time. And uh, to his credit, uh, sure, he likes to take these pictures and have them for himself. But I think he wants to share with others. Sure. Part of the educator in him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that... Some of these places have never been photographed in a professional way where they're shared the way right. Dennis is in this exhibit. Very well aptly named Hidden Southeastern Ohio. Yes. And he said that one of his favorite areas to photograph is called the Colton Area Wildlife yep. Refuge. And I bet a lot of people don't even know what that is. They would guess that it's around Colton, and it is. It's to the east of Colton. And he says that there are 
two large waterfalls mm -hmm. and five smaller waterfalls there, mm -hmm. including Ophir Falls. And uh, he, one of these pictures is of Ophir Falls. They have Ophir Falls at four below where, you know, it's mostly frozen. Yep. So that got me, uh, it was a great lesson in geography. A lot of people were there, even though we had the snowstorm that night, 20, 25 people Correct. there. It was a great turnout there. And uh, uh, you just need to go see his his photos. They He's proud of them and he should be. And uh, they're great to see. And it's just like we've said, I've, in conversation with him, I'm sure it came out in your conversation. It's not like you got to get in the car and go four hours to see scenery. No, and we've mentioned you know? this here on the program numerous times. People travel from all over the world to come to our area. Well, and the Hawking Hills and is And we out need there. to appreciate that. And yeah. he does. And he captures it in these photos. He, he does. And, and, you know, a lot of those places in Jackson and Vinton counties, you got the Cooper Hollow Wildlife Area. Yep. You've got the Liberty Wildlife Area. You've got the Colton, Colton Area Wildlife Area. Um, you've got uh, the Vinton Experimental State Forest up mm -hmm. there. So uh, I'm sure, I, I, I know he had thousands of pictures he could chose from. Sure. And he chose 40 of his favorites. But if you want to see that, you have until Thursday, January 27th. Okay. Right here in downtown Jackson, 269 East Main Street. Uh, 12 to 5 p.m. Tuesday through Thursdays are the regular gallery hours. I know that sometimes arrangements can be made to 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 maybe see the exhibit at other times. Mm -hmm. You need to know somebody for that to happen or make a contact. Or give them a call. Right. So, uh, but it, it's there and it's free. Mm -hmm. It's free. And, you know, we can't say that enough. So and that will be until um, the 27th. So congratulations, Dennis Reinhardt, on his photographic exhibit, Hidden Southeastern Ohio. That's right. All right. On Wednesday evening, the Jackson Area Chamber of Commerce is gearing up for one of their business after hours. If you remember, we had one here, Jennifer, not too long we ago. We did. To show in December. Off all of our new digs on the total media side. That's right. Uh, including our TV studio here. But on Wednesday evening, the business after hours is going to run from 5 to 7 p.m. And it's going to be at the Hubbard and Daniels CPA office. Yeah, so you can check it out. Right, right. If you weren't there for their open house earlier in the year, you know, they moved in there last uh, September, I think, or August, somewhere in there. They had an open house later in the year. Well, now they're going to host the business after hours. Uh, Susan Daniels has always been a big supporter of the chamber. She's the current secretary or treasurer for the chamber. Mm -hmm. You know, she takes care of the money. And there's going to be food and drinks uh, will be provided by Hubbard and Daniels. Admission is free to all chamber members. And they're going to have a special guest there, uh, David Riepenhoff, yeah. uh, who has Wellston connections. He is an attorney with Fischel, Downer, Albright, and Riepenhoff, LLP in Columbus. He uh, has received some notoriety lately for he his has. work as an attorney. He will advise and represent employers of all shapes and sizes on the labor and employment law issues. They thought this was a great person with local connections to come down and talk to some, talk to the local business people uh, about some of these issues where, you know, they may not do it on their own unless something's going on. They'll be able to get some advice, direction, information, education from a real pro in David Reaper. And again, what are what's the day and time on 5 that? to 7 p.m. this Wednesday evening. This coming Wednesday. At Hubbard okay. and Daniels. That's 400 East Main Street. That is the old Milton Bank building. That's right. All right. Um, James, when are we going to have Larry Zorns here? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I know the Larry's. He, I know he was coming in this week. One of our favorite persons is yep. what a nice man he is. And the other Larry's coming too, I think. Okay. Well, Larry and Larry okay. without Daryl. All right. Okay. The pre-1890 indoor trade fair will be at Canner's Cave 4-H camp this, this week weekend. on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to say too much about that because Larry's coming in tomorrow, but that's something to look forward to. It Very is nominal cost so for admission fun. there. Uh, nominal cost for admission. If you dress up like a frontiersman, I think they'll give you a price break on top of that. Uh, but you'll see things out there. It's living history. And there's things you can buy, many things you can buy. You're not going to see them anywhere else. That's right. You're not going to go to Walmart and see these things mm -hmm. or even little any specialist shop here in Jackson probably. Uh, it's vendors, sutlers they call them. That's an old sutlers, firm for yes. dealers. Uh, they're going to be selling these things that represent yesteryear, everything from books to coonskin caps to uh, guns. They have candy or foods. They uh, have uh, soaps. They you, have you can, um, blacksmithing. Can, Right, and, and you can go either Saturday or Sunday out there, so you want to definitely do that. Also, uh, this Saturday, we want to uh, tip you off to the Oak Hill Fishing Tackle Swap Meet. 
this Saturday. That's going to be uh, uh, at Oak Hill High School from 9 to 1 p.m. And that will support the Oak Hill High School's bass fishing team. I think this, they'll be here on Wednesday, won't they? This is actually cool. a, this is actually a school group. School kids are in it, and they have done very well in these bass fishing. Did you tournaments. know that was a thing? Bass bass fishing team. Right. Well, you know, so cool. Uh, education is is, is, Love a, it. is a many splendored thing. Yeah. So uh, that is going to be on Saturday. Of course, you know, you can support the fishing team by going, but you can ob obviously see obviously see and buy a lot of different things from the vendors that day. Yeah. I know that uh, they'll be talking lots more about that, whoever comes on Wednesday. We're excited about that, too. All right. And then um, a couple other things we want to tell you that we didn't tell you before. We didn't acknowledge the Oaks United uh, organization that did their 10th annual Growing Oaks Christmas giveaway. They're the ones, they're the charity organization that support the schools down there, especially needy families that are associated with the schools, students who go to uh Oak Hill Elementary School. Uh, they did their uh, Christmas food package uh, project that they do every year, and they served 290, wow. one, 290 students representing 102 families. And wow. this was a great charity drive by, uh, by a lot of good you. folks, mostly from the Oak Hill area. <laughs> and so we want to uh, appreciate those folks, Marshall Workman, uh, Larry Brisker, Alicia Lloyd Kamer, That's there so are some good. of the some of the names there. We also want to acknowledge, we haven't said this, this is a long time ago, but remember Nathan Kitts did his Thanksgiving dinner out there? He did. Wasn't that an amazing thing that you he know, did? Yes, and uh, Nathan carry out and Thanksgiving Holly dinner. And they're so they're just awesome. Right. And we know they can do the brisket and stuff, but That's you know, right. they did the Thanksgiving meal, they branched out a little bit. Well, guess what? They served over 500 people that can day. Can you believe that? I, I you know I'm not surprised that there was that kind of turnout, but Somehow they fed them all. Yep. Right. So congratulations to Nathan Kitts and everybody. I know he had a lot of sponsors that helped make yeah, that happen. Yeah, out at Rowdy's. Yep. Exactly. And uh, so thank them when you see exactly. them. Exactly. Christina Sexton Inbody, let's thank her. She's a staffer with Good Shepherd Wesleyan Church, but she is also the wheel with the Ladle of Love program. They do a monthly meal. Yep. Well, they did one on Saturday, January 1st. Okay. You know, a holiday meal. They always yeah. center a monthly meal around the holidays, or they do an extra meal because, you know, people are home and, you know, maybe they don't have family, sure. maybe they don't have the means to have a nice meal. Uh, they serve 278 meals, which is uh, not double, but close to double to what they normally do with their monthly meal. This is uh, takeout meals and delivery meals as well all around Jackson County. Uh, they had the traditional pork meal, you know, because pork roast is kind of like the traditional thing. you got to eat pork to and sauerkraut on, on, New, Year's on New Year's. Yeah, my mom always had the pork and the cabbage, right? Yep. I don't know whether your mom did that. Yep. But, but the pork and the cabbage, silver dollar in. Is that what your mom did? I don't know. What is it? You put a silver dollar in for good luck. Oh, I don't know. I never had that. You, you, now you my mom find was it. cheap, I guess. Now you got to find it. Well, you got to be careful, <laughs> you know, when you put that first big <laughs> don't bite in your eat mouth. it. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, we washed the silver dollar before we put it in there. Oh, well, that's good, especially with the COVID and all. All right, we're going to turn to sports real quick. Uh, do you realize that we have a young man, just a sophomore right now at Jackson High School. He was the place kicker last year. He'll be a junior next year. Ethan Crabtree. Little who Amanda. Has, who has worked, worked his little buns off and become one of the best place kickers as far as his uh, recruiting re, – his, his recruiting uh, – his recruiting uh, uh, evaluations, yeah. he is rated 4.5 out of a 5 scale. <laughs> he is considered the 23rd best kicker in the sophomore class in the nation. Not what? in the region, not in the state. Uh, That's crazy. That is, that is based on the uh, results from the Coles kicking camp uh, that was held. Wow. Uh, that is a picture of uh, Ethan right there getting ready. You can see number four getting ready to kick a 36-yard field goal against Tri-Valley. We put this story in our uh, weekend paper, got a, lot of, uh, got a lot of hits off Facebook when we shared sure. it to Facebook. A lot of people interested in this, but he is considered a 4.5 star on a 5 star. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. <laughs> Remember, he is only a sophomore, <laughs> and he's come very far. As a freshman, he was on the team, but he was the second string kicker. Uh -huh. So, you know, he was waiting his turn. But uh, here's what he's done. He showed his leg strength above his class on kickoffs with a 66-yard 3.8-second kick 
Now you kick off from the 40-yard line. That means you're kicking it six yards into the end zone. Yes. That's what they do in college. Yes. All right. So he's already doing that. And uh, <laughs> he also hit a big ball during the kickoff uh, that went 57 yards, hanging 3.4 seconds in the air. And he's also uh, increasing the distance on his field goals. Mm -hmm. So I know that he is uh, he is capable of kicking in some long distance already. So sure. he is going to be a great asset to the Jackson Ironman football team the next couple of years. He's also on the soccer team. Surprise, yes. surprise. Surprise, shocker. So congratulations to Ethan Crabtree. Um, I don't know whether uh, our own Amanda Crabtree kicked the ball in high school or not. I'm guessing that she didn't. I think she cheered for the guys that did kick the ball. I know that H.D. Crabtree could do a lot of things with a tennis with ball. With a tennis racket. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the, the athleticism comes uh, honestly there. But congratulations to uh, Ethan Crabtree uh, for what he's done. And, and I know uh, even though he obviously has some talent, he has worked to develop his Absolutely. talent. Absolutely. All right. So congratulations to him. Also, remember we were talking about Cameron Zinn, who was in line for best small forward in the state. You yeah. can go vote on it. She won. Yay, Cameron. Right, right. She's a senior forward at uh, Vinton County High School. She easily outdistanced everybody. So they must have listened to all of us. <laughs> That's right. Uh, when we said vote for Cameron, uh, she, I, I'm sure there's other great small forwards in the state, but she has to be one of them. So we certainly want to uh, credit her. There she is playing in the state tournament yep. last year. Very and good. round to that big sports story up at Vinton County. Holy moly, what right. a game. The Jackson Ironmen go up to play the Vinton County Vikings. So it's already a big deal no matter what happens, right? Two it is. Two rivals going at it. Hall of Fame night. Hall of Fame night. So it's already uh, excited. A big crowd at Vinton County. The Vinton County Vikings do a great job in the first half. They lead 37 to 26 and a half. And I'm telling you, the Jackson Ironmen hang their hat on defense. Sometimes they give up 30-some points a game. Vinton County had 37 and one and half. half. So they yeah. did a great job. Well, in the second half, the Jackson Ironmen came back and at the very end of the game took the lead of uh, 62 to 61. Jacob Winters hit a foul shot to give them a one-point lead. Okay. So timeout's called. <laughs> Vinton County has, I think, 5.8 seconds to go to uh, make something happen, score the winning basket. Yep. Eli Radabaugh, uh gets the ball, and he goes the length of the court, and that's Eli taking a shot in another game against Zane Trace earlier this year. But he takes the ball the length of the court. I think the Ironmen were maybe expecting a couple other players who often score more to maybe get the ball from him. Yeah. Well, he never stopped. He drives. Oh, he just kept he, going. He, he drives right into the lane and puts up what they call a runner. That's not a layup. That's a runner. You know, I mean, you're in the mood. You're, you're, that's what separates a good shooter from a great shooter. Uh, I mean, a lot of people can shoot if you're just standing still and you got time. Right. All right. Well, you know, he's on the move, banking it in, went around the rim, and by golly, it went in there, and the place erupted. Just Vinton County, 63. So Jackson, crazy. 62. You know, Do we me, have that video? No? Okay. To me, it's a. I saw the video too, though. It's, it's a. It's a win-win thing. You should see it. It's crazy. It's, it's a win-win thing. Whoever wins, you're happy because there are local teams. We know those kids. So, great win for Vinton County. A hard luck loss for the Jackson Ironmen. Give them credit for but coming what back. What a game! It, it was Man. a great. It was a great game. A lot of fans there from both teams, and of course, the great thing about high school basketball, uh, you, there's not much time before you saddle it up again. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we've got a lot of games on our basketball schedule this week. I'm sure they'll be promoted on our social media yeah. and on the radio as well. But, you know, we cover the the uh, boys and girls basketball teams from both uh, Jackson, uh, Wellston, from Jackson, Wellston, Oak Hill, and Vinton County, both the boys and girls basketball teams all season long and through the tournament. Yeah. So stay tuned. That's right. Lots still to come. All right. Is that all, Pete? It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> Man, you timed that up perfectly. Well, I, I, I thank you for the monitor there, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. And so much stuff going on, as you said, just from the, the beginning of the year meetings, um, whatever it may be, to sports, to, you know, everything in between. Right. Um, and, and, this, and this is the place man. in this building, you know, we're going to try to keep you informed through the newspaper, through the radio, through the television. And right. uh, and we can also That's give you we can also give you great looking t shirts signs banners the whole nine yards as well. You've we ought got to get Stacy Walters here to talk about that sometime. We should. So one of the best kept secrets in Jackson County, Stacy Walters. That you're correct with zip printing. That's a pretty good idea, actually. It, it is. Well, uh, yes, I love that idea. 
she's going to kill us, but she'll just smile through it because that's what Stacy does. While she's killing you. While she's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? She might get a free t shirt out of it. Maybe. I, maybe. I like that idea. Okay. All right. Well, Pete, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. We greatly appreciate right, well, that, it. That's okay. We. We appreciate it. That's it's right. A, it's a friendly place, the TV studio. Hey, we try to be. You're, right. Everyone's welcome. Right. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with the Larrys to talk about the uh, indoor pre-1890 indoor trade fair tomorrow. So that's always fun. And um, so we'll look forward to that. Anything else, James? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, cold the next couple of days, but then the, the temperatures pick back up again, uh, back up into the 40s. So, But overnight, still a bit cold out there. Right. We, we've gotten by pretty well so far. We have. We shouldn't complain too much. Right. So. All right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be back here tomorrow with the Larrys. So until then, thanks for watching and stay warm. Have Bye -bye. a great day.